Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, February the 15th. And welcome to our commentary. I hope you had a happy uh, Valentine's Day yesterday. I hope you got flowers or chocolates, whatever you got. I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Well, today we're going to talk about a couple of stories. I've got a, uh, a, a story coming out Friday on what's happening with inflation. It's an interesting report that just came out that basically tells us Inflation really didn't go away, as I think many in the Biden administration had thought about. But let me talk about a couple of quick topics that have been in the news here before we get uh, to the inflation and that special uh, election in New York. Uh, The first one is what is happening down in Georgia with this lady, Fannie Willis. Now, look, there's a lot of stuff that has to be you have to go through the court system and the legal system. There's a lot of accusations about money and relationships and all that kind of stuff. And all of that is going to be sorted out. But the one thing that I don't understand how she can survive is just the basic allegation or the fact, I guess now, that she, as the district attorney, had a relationship with one of the attorneys in her office. Now, just think about that for a second. She's the top district attorney and she's having a relationship with another attorney in the office, uh, the same one that is working on this uh, Trump case that has received a lot of publicity. I don't know how she survives that. Again, I'm not talking about all the legal ramifications, public funding, all that kind of stuff. I don't really know anything about that. I think we have to give her the benefit of the doubt on those issues. But with respect to her relationship with a subordinate, that I think is uh, a disqualifier as far as I'm concerned. She needs to be replaced or dismissed or put on probation, whatever the rule is. I mean, the idea that you have the district attorney going on cruises with a subordinate, an attorney in her office, and, you know, this is all being done in secret. People are making cash payments on these trips. I mean, all that kind of stuff, I think, is a disqualifier. I don't know of any other uh, place in the United States, certainly government office, where you could have the top person basically having a relationship with a subordinate and not getting uh, at least fired or demoted or whatever. So I think that from that standpoint, I think she's got a big problem. Now, what happens with all the other stuff? We're just going to have to let that play out. But her lack of judgment, I mean, I keep asking myself, what what were these two thinking? I mean, did they really think that they were going to get away with this? Did they really think that you know, they were going to get away with this relationship. I mean, it's pretty incredible that their judgment, uh, frankly, turned out to be so bad. So I don't think she's going to survive that. Now, everything else, uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. And I also want to say something about what happened in Kansas City. Uh, Terrible shooting at a very happy uh, Super Bowl event. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. Uh, What we know so far is very little. But what we do know is that apparently there are a couple of shooters who were juveniles who were basically, I guess they got into an argument or some kind of a dispute and they started shooting at each other. That's what I've heard. And that, of course, uh, has to be investigated further. But what a terrible thing. I mean, when you have a, uh, a happy moment like this where thousands of people turn out, you know, we had something like that here uh, last October, last November 
when the Rangers won the World Series and they had that incredible parade in Arlington, 700,000 people, they estimate, showed up. I assume it must have been about the same in Kansas City for that Super Bowl celebration. And what a terrible thing to happen, uh, to have a shooting. But if it are, if they are juveniles, uh, as we've been told, minors uh, engaging in gang activity, well, you know, that uh, that's going to have to be looked at. Because the first thing, you know, when some, one of these things happens, the first thing is you have a bunch of people running to the TV saying that we need common sense gun control. I mean, that's the Democrats' favorite line. We need common sense gun control. Well, uh, if these are juveniles and they're shooting at each other at a public place, we already have laws against that. And they should be applied to these people. And, of course, there was one lady who did die. That was the... The radio announcer there in Kansas City, uh, a lady who with a couple of kids. So what a terrible tragedy that is. So our prayers to the ones recovering in the hospital. I understand there were many children who were shot that day. And they got to take a look at what's happening in gang activity, not just in Kansas City, but in other cities uh, across the country. It's a very serious problem, and we have to address it. But gun control is not going to do much of anything. Those are cultural problems in those communities that they have to they have to look at. Well, let's take a look at the inflation. The inflation numbers uh, that just came out basically tell us that inflation has not gone away. Now, there are some things that are better. There are some things that are statistically better. But the big problem with inflation is that the two areas that went up in this report were food and energy prices, meaning electricity and heating. And that, of course, impacts everybody. Now, there were some some better, there was a little bit better information on things like used cars. If you're buying a used car, it's going to be statistically a little bit cheaper than the month before and those kinds of things. But the bottom line is that the inflation pinch is still being felt. And that politically is a real problem for the Biden administration because we were being told that inflation was going down. Well, it's not. At least it didn't in January. Um, so that's uh, that's just politically very bad news for uh, for the Biden administration. The other thing that I always find amusing, it's a combination of amusing and upsetting, is that they always have the same thing, the unexpected, unexpected, that inflation prices or inflation numbers were unexpectedly, unexpectedly higher than they were expecting. And it seems like every month something unexpected happens when it comes to uh, these economic numbers. I think maybe they need to hire different experts because their experts are always projecting something and then the results is unexpectedly higher than what they were they were projecting. Let's talk a little bit about that election, that special election in New York. Look, it's always easier to explain victory than defeat. And the Democrats took back that seat but I don't think there is the message here that a lot of people are trying to create. In other words, this is not something that tells us much of anything about 2024. What you had in that district in 2022 was that the congressman who had represented that district for several terms decided to run for governor. He didn't make it, of course. And then he ran for the open seat or for the special election in his district. So he basically came back to his district to run again. He was a popular congressman, well-known, had a good campaign, good organization, and he was running against a Republican lady who was running for the first time. Very compelling personal story, but she was the rookie and he was the veteran. 
And there's no question that he out-campaigned the Republican. He was a better campaigner, had a lot of contacts, and was able to win the election. But here's the interesting thing. If you listen to the Democrat who won that election, he was very tough on President Biden when it came to immigration and when it came to the border. And he was also very tough on the Democrats when it came to crime, because as you know, there are some real crime problems in the New York City metropolitan area. So he didn't sound like a liberal. He didn't run a liberal campaign at all. Uh, he ran a what I would call a centrist uh, campaign, which I think appealed to a lot of people in that district. Again, it's more of a Democrat history as a district with a Democrat uh, uh, voting pattern. Now, the man that they replaced was uh, Congressman Santos, who had been expelled from the Congress because of all kinds of problems. Now, Santo was the Republican who won that election in 2022. And I think what we can safely say now is that that was kind of an aberration and certainly not uh, any indication that a Republican could win that seat. I think it's interesting for me is hearing people like Bill O'Reilly who and Sig, Sig, uh, Sid uh, Rosenberg, I think that's his name, uh, a couple of people there in the New York City area who basically never thought that this lady had a chance to win the election, the Republican lady, that is. They thought that the Democrat would win. So all I can tell you is I don't think this election tells us a lot about 2022 or 2024. I just don't believe that that's the case. But there is one thing that it does it does tell us that I hope the Republicans take note, and that is the Republicans are going to have to get better at, at voting early because a lot of Democrats are getting very good at voting early. And what happens when you vote early is that you enter election day with a huge with a huge advantage. And it requires an, a massive Republican turnout on election day to offset that. In this particular election day, there was a snowstorm, which probably hurt some of the people who were going to vote that day. So the message for Republicans out of this election is the Republicans are going to have to get better at early voting. And if there's an early voting option, you got to take advantage of it. Show up and vote early. You may not like it in terms of principle, but you got to beat them. You got to win the election, and you win the election with the rules that you have. So if you have early voting, show up and vote in the next uh, election, and don't wait until election day. However you feel about that, just make sure you go out and win by the rules that uh, you know somebody somebody created. Well, on this day in 1898, 1998, let me close with a little history here. On this day in 1898, the USS Maine exploded in Havana Harbor in Cuba, creating that famous headline, Remember the Maine. Well, that's what got the United States into a war with Spain. And out of that war, it was a very short war, four months. Out of that war, of course, uh, Cuba became an independent country. Puerto Rico became a, a associated state of the United States. And I think the Philippines also came in in that uh, because of that Spanish-American war. So Spain pretty much lost everything they had in the New World after the Spanish-American War of 1898. And then Cuba became an independent country in 1902. So the Spanish-American War had a huge impact, not just uh, in the United States, but certainly down in in Cuba. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great day. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.